Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 27th day of January. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. Today we continue on in our story. It's a very heated story. What is going to happen next? Uh, well, we continued on today with Genesis chapters 43 through 45, and this week we're in the Common English Bible. The famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten all the grain that they brought from Egypt, their father said to them, "Go back and buy us a little food." Judah said to him, "The man was absolutely serious when he said, 'You may not see me again without your brother with you. If you agree to send our brother with us, then we will go down and buy you food. But if you don't agree to send him, then we can't go down because the man said to us." You may not see me again without your brother with you. Israel said, "Why have you caused me so much pain by telling the man you had another brother?" They said, "The man asked us pointedly about our family. Is your father still alive? Do you have a brother?" So we told him just what we've said. How are we to know he'd say, "Bring your brother down here?" Judah said to his father Israel, "Send the young man with me." Let's get ready to leave, so that we can stay alive and not die. We, you, and our children. I will guarantee his safety. You can hold me responsible. If I don't bring him back to you and place him here in front of you, it will be my fault forever. If we hadn't waited so long, we would have returned twice by now. Their father Israel said to them, "If it has to be, then do this." Take in your bags some of the land's choice produce and bring it down to the man as a gift: a little medicinal resin, a little honey, gum, resin, pistachios, and almonds. Take twice as much silver with you and take back the silver returned in the top of your sacks. It might have been a mistake. And take your brother. Get ready and go back to the man. May God Almighty make the man compassionate towards you, so that he may send back your older. Your other brother and Benjamin with you, but me, if I'm left childless, then I'm left childless. So the men took this gift. They took twice as much silver with them, together with Benjamin. They left, traveled down to Egypt, and received an audience with Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with him, he said to the manager of his household, "Bring the men to the house and slaughter an animal and prepare it." Because the men will have dinner with me at noon. The men did as Joseph told him and brought the men to Joseph's house. When they were brought to Joseph's house, the men were frightened and said, "We've been brought here because of the silver put back in our sacks on our first trip, so he can overpower us, capture us, make slaves of us, and take our donkeys." They approached the man who was Joseph's household manager and spoke to him at the house's entrance. "Please, master." We came down the first time just to buy food, but when we stopped to spend the night and opened our sacks, there was the same. There was the exact amount of each man's silver at the top of his sack. We've brought it back with us, and we've brought down with us additional silver to buy food. We don't know who put our silver in our sacks. He said, "You're fine. Don't be afraid. Your God and your father's God must have hidden a treasure in your sacks. I received your money." And he brought Simeon out to them. The manager brought the men into Joseph's house, 
and gave them water to wash their feet and feed for their donkeys. They prepared the gift, anticipating Joseph's arrival at noon, since they had heard that they would have a meal there. When Joseph came into the house, they presented him the gift they had brought with them into the house, and they bowed low in front of him. He asked them how they were and said, How is your elderly father about whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is fine. He's still alive. And they bowed down again with deep respect. Joseph looked up and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, and he said, Is this your youngest brother whom you told me about? God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph's feelings for his brother were so strong, he was about to weep. So he rushed to another room and wept there. He washed his face, came back, pulled himself together, and said, Set out the dinner. So they set out his food by himself, their food by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because Egyptians don't allow themselves to eat with Hebrews. The Egyptians think it's beneath their dignity. They were seated in front of him from the oldest to the youngest in their exact birth order. And the men looked at each other with amazement. Portions of food from Joseph's table were brought to them, but Benjamin's portion was five times as large as theirs. So they drank together and were at ease. Joseph gave commands to his household manager, fill the men's sacks with as much food as they'll hold, and put each man's silver at the top of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup, on top of the youngest brother's sack, together with the silver for his grain. So he did just as Joseph told him to do. At dawn, the men and their donkeys were sent off. They had left the city but hadn't gone far when Joseph said to his household manager, Get ready. Go after the men and catch up with them. Ask them, Why have you repaid hospitality with ingratitude? Isn't the cup my master drinks from and uses to discover God's plans? What you've done is despicable. When he caught up to them, he repeated these words. They replied, Why does my master talk to us like this? Your servants would never do such a thing. The silver that we found at the top of our sacks, we've just brought back to you from the land of Canaan. We didn't steal silver or gold from your master's house. Whoever of your servants is found with it will be put to death and will be my master's slaves. He said, Fine, we'll do just as you've said. Whoever is found with it will be my slave, and the rest of you will go free. Everyone quickly lowered their sacks down to the ground, and each opened his sack. He searched the oldest first and the youngest last, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothing. Then everyone loaded their donkeys, and they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers arrived at Joseph's house, he was still there, and they fell to the ground in front of him. Joseph said to them, What's this you've done? Didn't you know someone like me can discover God's plans? Judah replied, What can we say to my master? What words can we use? How can we prove we are innocent? God has found your servants guilty. We are now your slaves, all of us, including the one found with the cup. Joseph said, I'd never do such a thing. Only the man found with the cup will be my slave. As for the rest of you, you are free to go back to your father. Judah approached him and said, Please, my master, allow your servant to say something to my master without getting angry with your servant, since you are like Pharaoh himself. My master asked his servants, 
Do you have a father or brother? And we said to my master, Yes, we have an elderly father and a young brother, born when he was old. His brother is dead, and he's his mother's only child, but his father loves him. You told your servants, Bring him down to me so I can see him. And we said to my master, The young man can't leave his father. If he leaves, the father will die. You said to your servants, If your youngest brother doesn't come down with you, you'll never see my face again. When we went back to my father, your servant, we told him what you said. Our father told us, Go back and buy for us a little food. But we said, We can't go down. We will go down only if your youngest brother is with us. We won't be able to gain an audience with the man without our youngest brother with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife gave birth to two sons for me. One disappeared, and I said, He must have been torn up by a wild animal, and I haven't seen him since. And if you take this one from me too, something terrible will happen to him, and you will send me, old as I am, to my grave in despair. When I now go back to your servant, my father, without the young man, whose life is so bound up with his, and when he sees that the young man isn't with us, he will die. And your servants will have sent our father, your servant, old as he is, to his grave in grief. I, your servant, guaranteed the young man's safety to my father, telling him, If I don't bring him back to you, it will be my father's fault forever. Now, please, let your servant stay as your slave, instead of the young man, so that he can go back with his brothers. How can I go back to my father without the young man? I couldn't bear to see how badly my father would be hurt. Joseph could no longer control himself in front of all his attendants, so he declared, Everyone leave now. So no one stayed with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians in Pharaoh's household heard him. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? His brothers couldn't respond because they were terrified before him. Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they moved closer. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. Now, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. Actually, God sent me before you to save lives. We've already had two years of famine in the land, and there are five years left without planting or harvesting. God sent me before you to make sure you'd survive and to rescue your lives in this amazing way. You didn't send me here. It was God who made me a father to Pharaoh, master of his entire household and ruler of the whole land of Egypt. Hurry, go back to your father. Tell him this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master of all of Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You may live in the land of Goshen, so you will be near me. Your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everyone with you. I will support you there, so you, your household, and everyone with you won't starve, since the famine will still last five years. You and my brother Benjamin have seen with your own eyes that I'm speaking to you. Tell my father about my power in Egypt and about everything you've seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. He threw his arms around his brother Benjamin's neck and wept and Benjamin wept on his shoulder. He kissed all of his brothers and wept, embracing them. After that, his brothers were finally able to talk to him. When Pharaoh's household heard the message, 
Joseph's brothers have arrived. Both Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Give your brothers these instructions. Load your pack animals and go back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your households and come back to me. Let me provide you with good things from the land of Egypt so that you may eat the land's best food. Give them these instructions too. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your children and wives and pick up your father and come back. Don't worry about your possessions because you will have good things from the entire land of Egypt. So Israel's sons did that. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh instructed and he gave them provisions for the road. To all of them he gave a change of clothing. But to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothing. To his father he sent ten male donkeys carrying goods from Egypt, ten female donkeys carrying grain and bread, and rations for his father for the road. He sent his brothers off, and as they were leaving he told them, Don't be worried about the trip. So they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They announced to him, Joseph's still alive. He's actually ruler of all the land of Egypt. Jacob's heart nearly failed, and he didn't believe them. When they told him everything Joseph said, had said to them, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, Jacob recovered. And Israel said, This is too much. My son Joseph is still alive. Let me go and see him before I die. Yeah, no joke when Jacob is saying, this is too much for me. This is a, a great story um, of reconciliation and redemption through the Lord. And the heart posture that Joseph has is so impressive to me and so inspiring and encouraging because he has been enslaved. He has been um, a prisoner wrongfully. And now he is over charge of the harvest and the, the plentiful and um, in this time of famine which was a great stressor on all those surrounding towns and countries and um, he is put in charge of this which is that's a very big deal I don't even know like the equivalent of like how we could translate that in today's time but it's he's got a really big job and all of this is because his heart has been faithfully with the Lord. And I'm, I'm so impressed by that. But then how he's handling his brothers, not just one who's done him wrong, but 10 who have done him wrong and 10 men. And then you reveal yourself to them. And his response is, don't be too hard on yourselves. Because what you meant for evil, actually the Lord used it for good. I don't know how many times I've had that heart response do something much less on the scale that he has experienced. And so that encourages my heart to move into a place of forgiveness and quick forgiveness. And I think sometimes we, yeah, like yes, feel your emotions. And, and I'm not sure what emotion he he felt but he was weeping a couple different times and so you can tell that he's overcome by emotion and the, what emotions those were I'm not sure but I feel like we could all have some pretty solid guesses um, but then for him to say don't be too hard on yourselves 
I know that you meant this for evil, but the Lord used it for good. And now I'm in a place where I can make sure that you guys are taken care of and make sure that our father's taken care of. And again, like that is the forgiveness heart motive. Like his, his heart is rooted in forgiveness. And it's not in this, I'm going to let you suffer. I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you this silent treatment. I'm going to make you feel my wrath. Walk on eggshells around me. Like not like, I feel like sometimes you're like, okay, I'm going to forgive you in like three years or in like 30 minutes or whatever. And I'm not sure that, um, I believe that the Lord has, has, has said like, hey, we are, we are called to forgive, that forgive each other as Christ Jesus has forgiven us. And in some parts of scripture, it says that if we don't forgive, our sins aren't forgiven. And so um, I think the timeline of how we forgive is important. I used to think maybe it wasn't, but um, like, okay, I'm going to forgive you eventually, but not right now. Whereas Joseph here, he's feeling his emotions. Like I'm learning the art of regulating your emotions and to do the breath work and to really feel what you need to feel kind of let those emotions pass through your body and regulate back to your yourself and then to make decisions or talk after you're back to being regulated and so i feel like joseph going and stepping aside for a second and feeling what he needs to feel and crying and getting it all out and then coming back and then having these discussions feels like very similar to regulating your emotions coming back and then being able to have a sound mind to respond with but anyways i have seen i'm learning that and i'm seeing the value in it and watching how differently conversations go when you respond from a regulated response and i think that these are these are um like psychological um like therapeutic practices but i think that if the, the capital c church can really grasp Hold of these things, we'd know so much about ourselves and realize that the Lord is in those things as well. And he's not asking us to do things that he wasn't willing to do, but also that he wouldn't give us the tools to learn to do, if that makes sense. Um, because sometimes we can say through gritted teeth, I forgive you, or we can say, I forgive you. And it doesn't really do anything. Or we're like waiting for forgiveness to come on like an emotion that takes over our body and we're like oh i don't have to do any hard work i just forgive like hallelujah which i feel like can happen i've like recently experienced that where i was like yeah i feel like maybe i should have a like a um oh what's the word i'm looking for like a grudge but actually like i just release you i just release you i forgive you and i'm moving on and I was kind of like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to be upset for a little bit longer, but I think, so I think that sometimes it does happen. And I think other times we have to actively choose to forgive and to release. And yeah, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot to learn in the forgiveness realm, but also a lot to learn in how to regulate ourselves. And so, um, I'm learning the art of like deep belly breathing. Um, just a quick uh, how, I mean, if we're, if we're gonna heal our bodies through um, like mind, body, spirit, 
then we can't neglect the body, right? Like we can pray for our for a, a sound mind and renew our mind, but then we also need to do some practical things too, is personally what I believe. And so if we do like deep belly breathing, that helps regulate our levels of serotonin because there's more serotonin in our gut than there is in our brain. And so that has to, those neurotransmitters have to be firing at all cylinders. And so it's just important that we kind of have the whole picture. And I think once we have the whole picture, we realize that we're actually not crazy and realize, oh, there's just a missing step here. And so um, I don't know how those two fit together, but I feel like the Holy Spirit was inviting me to into sharing that. So I think if anything, let's take a few deep belly breaths. And so um, this is a good practice that I have been doing. If you put your hand on your stomach and put one on your chest, and then you can um, take like a deep breath and feel your stomach pull in. Like if you inhale, you feel it pull in and then exhale through your mouth and you can feel it expand. And really what that does is you're focusing on your breath. And when you focus on your breath, you can't, um, your mind can wander, but just gently bring it back. And when you focus on that, you can feel a difference in how centered you are versus an, a, a charged response to things. And so if we can practice this, a few times a day, but then especially in those situations where it's like, oh, here's all 10 of my brothers. Here's my revenge. I'm selling you. I'm selling you. I'm selling you. I'm going to like slaughter you. I'm going to blah, 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 you. Um, again, I think that he responded because he had a solid relationship with the Lord and he really understood who the Lord was. But then I also think he did some practical steps of regulating his emotions before he responded. So I think that that is something that we miss, we overlook, and there's value in it. So let's take a few minutes, deep belly breathe, and then we'll pray. Father, I thank you that you know us, you have created us in your image and you have called us good. And God, I pray that the words that uh, Joseph spoke would reign true over ourselves, not to be too hard on ourselves, um, whether that is something that we receive over ourselves or something that we extend to others. And that we would just be reminded that sometimes what man means for evil, the Lord works out for good. He intends for good. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the only one who can redeem. You're the only one who can restore. You're the only one who can save. And so I pray that we would grasp that, that we would know that truth and that we would carry that with us. I think there's so much authority in the understanding of that. And I also pray God that when we have those scenarios arise, because they will come, there may be one that happens later today. I pray that we would remember our breath, that we would remember our breath work to be able to pause and to invite you into the moment and just to focus on our breathing and remember that we are called to renew our mind and to renew our, our spirit. But we can't do that on our own. We have to ask you to do that. And I thank you that you're always willing and you're always able. And so I just thank you for this story, those little things that remind us that you are a God who cares. You are a God who knows his people and what they need. And I thank you that even just the little details today of the story, even Joseph 
having a moment to grieve or to cry or to process, to feel what he needed to feel and then come back and respond. God, I thank you that there's so much wisdom in that. And so Lord, I pray that um, you would remind us the value in the pause before the response. And Lord, I just thank you for your word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is our website. That is the place of connection. So be sure to check that out. You can also go to Facebook.com forward slash Daily Audio Bible Chronological. That's another great place to uh, see what's happening here in the community and um, other people ask for prayer in there or have uh, like deeper thoughts about scripture uh, and just process it and talk about it there. So you can do so, uh, you can go to that page and click like and be a part of the community that's happening through there. And if you have prayer requests and things that we as a community can come alongside of you and uh, and encourage you, pray over you, you can call it 800-583-2164. And that is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Good morning, DABC. This is TN and NC. First time I'm calling this year. Uh, just like everyone else calling in, thousands of us have been welcoming all the new members on the DAB and the DABC. Uh, just want to say you've come to an awesome ministry. It's not just a podcast. It is a ministry. And you uh, hopefully will remain a part of our family because we love all of you. We want to hear your prayers and we do pray for everyone. I just heard uh, Tanya and Suffolk's call, and I've been meaning to let you know that I had posted on Facebook um, DABC uh, praying for someone else, and someone responded to me thinking I was you because my name is Tanya also. Um, And of course, you know, on Facebook, you, you got your full name. But in any event, please know that I and many others are praying for you. Praying for your family. Also heard you ask for a special prayer for Cameron. Certainly pray for all of your family and all of our children and grandchildren who are in college because I have three. (laughs) Praise God. Um, We've heard a lot of heart-wrenching prayers already this year with a lot of circumstances that just aren't to the best. But then all of a sudden we get to hear from God's smile and Peter, which gives us a kiss-kiss and a lightness within the prayers. God bless all of you. Stick with this. Remember, you are to pursue God as long as you have breath. You will never arrive, but you will always be able to learn and grow. God bless each and every one of you. And I will hear for, I, you will hear from me again. I think this is my fifth year coming up in April. So to God be the glory for that and certainly for all of you. Thanks, Brian, Jill, China. Love you madly. Amen. Good morning, DFC. This is Tonya calling in from Suffolk. Today is Sunday, January 22nd. I just want to give you guys an update on my son Cameron finances for uh, school. I was asking for prayer. He attends Norfolk State University um, down here in Norfolk, Virginia. And I'm just going to say God is great. He is greatly to be praised. All things have been worked out for the glory of God. My son finances has been taken care of for this semester. Um, even his housing is just covered 100%. So I just once again, I just wanted to give you guys an update. And I had no doubt that God 
would not do exactly what he said he would do. And I'm once again, just trusting, and believing, just going forward, um, his rest of the years while he's in college, that God has already opened up doors. Uh, he will be overflowed with abundance uh, finances um, to allow him to continue his studies in school. And I just want to let you guys know he is going for um, psychology. He wants to be a counselor. And also um, he's working on his bachelor's right now. When that's complete, he wants to um, pursue his master's. So once again, I thank you guys so much for the prayers. And I just love you all. Just continue to be encouraged. You guys have a wonderful day. Hey, Dad family. I am begging you to stand with me in prayer. I have recently become aware that my good friend, I'm going to call her Taylor, has been a victim of sex trafficking. And the more I learn, the bigger and more horrific it all becomes. This is apparently Human Trafficking Prevention Month, and yet I have never heard a single mention of it anywhere. So I'm asking the DAB community to please, please pray against this evil, pray for deliverance, pray for safety, for protection. Um, I know what's going on in my community. Most people are completely unaware. And yet, it's, it's just horrible. So, um, Pray for spiritual freedom, pray for protection, pray for changed hearts, and and please pray for my friend and for me. Thanks. Hi, DABC family. This is Sarah. I've been a part of this community since China started it. I think this is the sixth year, if I'm counting right, and I am really loved the mother-daughter tag team the last year, and know I'll enjoy it again. I don't call in hardly ever, but I am in need of prayer and intervention. My husband and I have known each other for nine and a half years and been married for just over six. Um, he battles bipolar and depression, and it was something that before I met him, I had never experienced firsthand in this way, not firsthand, through him. Um, and for the most part, it had been pretty even keeled, pretty easy. Um, there were moments here and there over the time, but not bad. But the last six months have been a true challenge for him. Um, and in turn for me, just not knowing what to do, how to do it, what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Um, anytime we try to discuss it, I just ask questions out of, because I don't understand. And it turns into a fight. Um, he's trying to work on getting different medications because whatever he's been taking is not working. His anxiety is through the rough, which is making me extremely anxious as well. And we just need prayer. We have to go to his daughter's wedding in Australia in two weeks, and both of us are on edge about the thought of that. Please pray for us, family. Thank you.